in Jesus' name. Um, want to thank um, Brother David though, for leading us in that time of prayer um, and for everyone who brought his or her supply this morning. Uh, tremendous power is made available, dynamic in its working. And um, every time we pray together that way, God uh, answers. The Bible says that the prayers of the righteous man avails much, says he works. Amen. This morning, I have the privilege of bringing God's word to us. And uh, it's something I don't take lightly at all. And um, I have something to share. I believe it's what God will have us look at today. This morning, I'd like to share what I want to title, Competing to Win. Competing to Win. Glory to God. We'll be taking our text from 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and in verse, from verses 24 to 27. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. I read, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. Therefore so run, not as uncertainly. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep my, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Praise God. Um, Go ahead, sir. Okay, thank you. I was uh, logged out, I guess, by network. Um, so I was a portion of the scripture from today's, from the Passion Translation. And I'd like to read that same place again. And I'm reading 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm reading from verse 24 to 27. And I read, it said, isn't it obvious that all runners on the racetrack keep on running to win, but only one receives the victor's prize. Yet each one of you must run the race to be victorious. A true athlete will be disciplined in every control in order to win a laurel wreath that quickly withers. But we to win forever. Don't run just for exercise or box like one throwing aimless punches. But I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body and get it under my control so that after preaching the good news to others, I myself won't 
be disqualified. Praise God. We're talking about competing to win. See, the goal of competition is not just participation. It's about winning. Anyone who is involved in a football match or in a race, you're not just running that race just so that you can make up the numbers. You are there because you want to win. And for every competition, there must always be going to do a lot of things aimlessly and without the required level of passion. Um, and this was what Apostle Paul mentioned when he said that anyone who is striving for mastery, he talked about striving for mastery. There will not be any need to strive for mastery if there was no need to ensure that that race is won. So Apostle Paul described his own personal experiences in life. He referred to it as a race. And in his illustration, he talks about a race in which someone is supposed to win an earthly prize, okay? Trying to make references to how that relates to a prize that should be won when it comes to spiritual things. But he made an analogy with a race in which someone is expected to win an earthly prize. Now, if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and in verse 27, there was something peculiar he said. He said, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Glory to God. Uh, TPP puts it this way. He says, but I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body and get it under my control so that after preaching the good news to others, I myself won't be disqualified. I want us to evaluate that word, castaway. Glory to God. Interestingly, in my studies, Looking at the, in the KJV, that's about the only place in the Bible that the Bible uses the word cast away in the, in the KJV. And that word cast away in the Greek is called adokimos. And adokimos means to be unapproved. It means to be worthless. It means to be rejected. You can add an, an additional one. It means actually to be disqualified. Now, the question is, who or what is being rejected? Now, is it the person of Paul? I mean, I'm talking about Apostle Paul himself as a person that is being rejected. Or the reference to rejection is being made concerning something else. Was it Apostle Paul that was being rejected? Or... Was Apostle Paul alluding to the fact that he as a person would be rejected? But what was Apostle Paul saying? If we look at it critically, it cannot be that Apostle Paul was talking about him being rejected by God. So in case you read that portion of scripture and, and you have concerns and fears that you might have 
that you might be rejected by God. You know, sometimes in certain circles, if certain things are not done appropriately, there's the belief that God can cast you away. And that cast away means that God has rejected your person. But you can see from what Paul was sharing here that Paul was making specific and particular reference to the race. He was, that, that thing about being cast away was, was with reference or was in respect of the race. Remember the, the uh, example, the, the definition of that castaway, we'll talk about it being unapproved, worthless. I, I want to stress one, disqualified. You, you can run a race and at the end of the day, you can be disqualified. You can run a race and at the end of the day, you can be unapproved. Glory to God. So the reference to being, um, to being, uh, to being a castaway was made specifically with respect to his service. Glory to God. It was with respect to his service. Because, you see, rejecting someone outrightly <clears throat> is not consistent with the nature of God. We know God doesn't reject you as a person. It gives you an opportunity to, to mend yourself over and over again. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And he doesn't desire that men uh, perish, but that they come to the knowledge of the truth. So everything we've seen in scripture supposes or suggests to us that God is not talking here by rejecting us or rejecting the person, but it's the service that could be rejected. And, you know, this can be corroborated in John chapter 15, you know, where Jesus was talking about him being the vine, we being the branches. In verse 2 in particular, you will see that the Bible talks about, it says, any branch that does not bear fruit, it taketh away. You know, for years I've looked at that taketh away and I'm like, how can God say he's going to take, take me away? But on close scrutiny of that scripture, you'll find that that word take away is the word in Greek, airo. And airo means to suspend, it means to raise, it means to bear up, it means to lift up. Glory to God. It means that when you're, when you're unfruitful, when you're not productive, God lifts you up. God helps you. God uh, prunes you, makes you better. God lifts you away from your weaknesses and inadequacies so that you can be uh, better, so that you can bear fruits. So at least we can, we can tell that when God says that, or when Paul was making references to being cast away, he was not talking about us being rejected entirely as individuals and as persons, but he was talking with specific reference to, to the race. And according to John chapter 15, specifically in verse 6, where he talks about the one who is, who, who is, uh, who, who with us, you will discover when you read closely, that is the person who separates himself from God that with us. He didn't say that God separated from him or didn't say that God took that person away. It's that person that separated himself from God, you know, and so you can only with that, you can only become unproductive when you refuse to continue to maintain your communion with the Father. And so that speaks to you doing your best to keep 
your interaction and your communication and connection with God. So having, having looked at what it means when Paul says to be cast away, you can see that Paul, Apostle Paul emphasizes the need to run to obtain the prize. Glory to God. We see that in verse 24. 24 says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. He says you should run that you may obtain the prize. What does it mean to obtain the prize? He says you should run that you may read. Glory to God. So in looking at winning, so we need to examine what Paul's perspective of winning was really all about. Okay, I know that, you know, several people have looked at this portion of scripture and, and referenced it to teach different, different principles about discipline, about different areas of life, about winning. But if we're going to look at it in context, what was Apostle Paul really talking about when he was talking about winning? What was Paul's focus? What was Paul's um, uh, focal um, theme when he was talking about winning here? So let's examine it. Let's look at um, um, what the Bible says as we read from 1 Corinthians, uh, that same chapter 9, but we'll be reading from verse 12. Let's see a little bit of what Paul was talking about. He says, if, or, let's read from verse 15. Yeah, let's read from verse 15. It says, but I have used none of these, neither have I written these things, that it should be so done unto me, for it were better for me to die than that any man should make my glorying void. In fact, let me read it from the TPP. It carries the meaning a bit better so that you can understand what Apostle Paul was trying to say in talking about winning. Reading from verse 15, he says, from, just hold on. Yeah. From verse 15, I read. He says, and keep in mind, that I am not writing all this because I am hinting that you should support me. Actually, I'd rather die than have than to have anyone rob me of this joyous reason for boasting. For you see, even though I proclaim the good news, I can't take credit for my labors. For I am compelled to fulfill my duties by completing this work. It will be agony to me if I did not constantly preach the gospel. If it were my own idea to preach as a way to make a living, I would expect to be paid since it's not my idea or God's stewardship or not, I am paid is my reward. It is found in continually this depo depositing the good news into people's hearts without obligation, free of charge, and not insisting on my rights to be financially 
supported. Glory to God. Now, even though I am free from obligations to others, I joyfully make myself a servant to all in order to win as many converts as possible. I became Jewish to the Jewish people in order to win them to the Messiah. I became like one under the law to gain the people who are stuck under the law, even though I myself am not under the law. And to those who are without the Jewish laws, I became like them as one without the Jewish laws in order to win them. Although I am not outside the law of God or under the law of Christ, I became weak to the weak to win the weak, and I have adapted to the culture of every place I've gone so that I could more easily win people to Christ. I've done all this so that I would become God's partner for the sake of the gospel. Glory to God. We can see here that when, when Apostle Paul, you can see here when Apostle Paul talks about uh, being winning, Apostle Paul was speaking about winning with respect to the gospel, with respect to souls, with respect to uh, spreading the frontiers of God's kingdom. Glory to God. That was the perspective. That was Paul's idea of winning. We can, we can win. In every area of life. But I want himself committed to the task of soul winning to the point where, as far as he was concerned, if there are victories in every area of life and there is no victory in the area of soul winning, he doesn't consider it a win. He doesn't consider it victory under any circumstance. Glory to his name. You see, Paul was so dogged. In fact, almost that. Uh, said necessity is laid upon me in fact he said yeah woe unto me if i preach not the gospel glory to god he said woe unto me if i preach not the gospel almost like laying so to speak a, a kind of subtle curse on himself if he doesn't glory to god because for him as far as he was concerned winning in life his preaching the gospel glory to his name and he said the only way you can achieve this is if he's temperate in all things glory to god he said in order for him to be able to preach the gospel and to win he has to be temperate in all things so what does it mean to be temperate someone described it as the habitual ability to resist the enticement of immediate pleasure in order in a greater, you know, it talks about strength, it talks about moderation, it talks about self-control, it talks about balance, experiencing some degree of balance in one's life. As a matter of fact, we could see here from Apostle Paul's example that he denied himself of justifiable print, uh, privileges. Paul denied himself of rights to financial privileges of the gospel so, they, so that he can win souls. Paul also adapted himself to different cultures so that he can be relevant to them and he can able to reach out to these people. 
Glory to God. Paul lived a balanced life. Glory to his name. You see, so that, that, that stirs up the question. So what privileges um, do we or do we need to set aside for the sake of the gospel? And this is a time of self-examination or self-exploration. What, what privileges do we have that we might need to set aside because of the sake of the gospel? You know, sometimes you might need to set aside your recreational time. I, I you know I'm, I'm an ardent follower of football and, and I follow the English Premiership, but I realize that since we began having our regular evangelistic efforts almost every Saturday, you know, in our church in Okota, you know, it doesn't even come to mind that I have to watch the English Premier League any longer. It doesn't even matter to me. And there used to be a time in my life, if I don't watch a series of matches, I'll just find that it's almost like you're taking a big chunk out of my life. But those things, they are waning and paling in comparison to the task that is before us. Glory to God. Sometimes you may, you may need to uh, purge yourself of genuine, legitimate financial pursuits or career pursuits just for the sake of this gospel. Sometimes you might have to sacrifice your privacy in a bid to be able to win others, in a bid to reach out to people. Sometimes you might be your, your own personal protection from embarrassing situations. Sometimes you may need to allow yourself get embarrassed because you want to preach the gospel, because you want to reach out to some people. Sometimes there are assets that you could have acquired that you might have to forego in the, in the, in the present time for a future time so that you can invest more in the cause of the gospel. Paul made sacrifices. And I dare say, in order for, for him to win, he had to make sacrifices. I want to also say, in order for us to win, we, we might have to make sacrifices in order to win. We might have to sacrifice time, time that probably we'll have spent with our family, to spend time to pray, to spend time following up on some of the people that we've preached to before that need to be stabilized in the kingdom. So how do you get to be temperate? You know, I'm just going to reel out a few things very quickly. The first thing is to recognize your own weaknesses. And then number two, build your inner strength. According to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 11, he said, be strengthened with all my suffering with joyfulness. Then to, to, to develop that ability to be temperate we must honor spirit but, but, but for that fruit you know, we need to depend on God's ability that is at work in us Philippians 2 and verse 13 tells us that, that God is the one who is at work in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure and if we look critically at this 1 Corinthians 9 that we just read you will notice that it talks about it like how you compare what a sportsman does and if you know an average sportsman they tend to pay attention to exercise and to diet. And generally they try to be, they try to restrain themselves. They try to uh, observe some measure of self-restraint. So 
if you look at that and you compare to what is expected spiritually, First Timothy chapter 4 and in verse 7 and 8, it talks about us exercising ourselves in godliness. He says, um, you know, it talks about how exercise is profitable, you know, but godliness is profitable unto all things. You know, it says godliness has a promise here on earth and in that which is to come. But the operative word there was to exercise ourselves in godliness. In godliness. You see, for a sportsman, the combination of appropriate diet and exercise is what makes him proficient, is what gives him the, the wherewithal to continue to perform at his best excellently in the area of his sporting endeavor. So what does that tell us? That we need to feed properly. We need to feed properly on God's word. And we need to exercise ourselves in godliness and righteousness. It is when we do this that we're able to develop ourselves up to a point where we start to see ourselves prioritizing the right things and the things that are most important to God as far as God is concerned. You find out that when you exercise yourself in, in righteousness and you feed on God's word, your, your passions, your desires, and your will becomes in sync with God's will. And we know that the uppermost thing in God's mind is actually soul winning. So I'm going to round up by reading what the Bible teaches by looking at Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, glory to his name. Hebrews chapter 5, and I'm going to read verse 12 in rounding up. Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 12. Hebrews 5 verse 12. I read, it says here that, um, glory to God. It says, for when the, for the time you ought to be teachers, you you have, you have need that one teach you again. Glory to God. It says, for the time that ye ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full of age, even those who by reason of use have their senses to discern both good meat and exercise give god in the name of jesus that the lord will empower us and enable us to prioritize the things that are most important to him may we be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that we might work worthy of the lord unto all pleasing being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of god may we win in life win in every area of life but particularly win in the kingdom by winning souls to the father and establishing men in the faith father we thank you for the opportunity to hear your word may these words uphold us and give us the required strength to embrace that which is true as far as your word is concerned in jesus mighty name amen
Just go ahead and have a fantastic day. Bye-bye, everybody.